we all know, you know, the puzzle. This is, I'm going to review a little bit this Sicha. This is in volume 20, uh, 2. Uh, this is Sicha 2. By the way, there is 35 volumes, you know, so there's so many, and there's about four, five, three, four in each volume, so you can just multiply it, and then you'll see there's just an endless amount. But in any event, so in, in this particular Sicha, um, um, we, you know, the Rebbe quotes from the Rashi. You know, it says that you know, first of all, we read that uh, Rivka she couldn't have any children, and she went and she asked uh, what's going on, uh, and then it says, okay, Hashem. So it says, Vayisroitzu habonim bekirba. The children were sort of inside her; they were sort of running around inside her. Can what I ask the, you just what, a good, yeah. So what exactly words did she what exact words did she use? Something like why am if this is in Kane Lamazonich. So if this is so, yes. why even am I? Or why am I? Or in the simple meaning why it means why am I simply why am I in Rashi's in the simple? I mean I'm sure that's so well in Lamazonich, what what am I? But in Rashi's in the simple meaning it means why am I begging for children like that if it's so much oh. pain, if it's right. so much, oh, okay. so difficult. But what was the, that's another issue, what I wanted to discuss, what was the difficulty was because she had two children, she had Esau and Yitzchak, and it says that whenever she would pass by the mm-hmm. uh, shul or study hall of Torah, Yitzchak, uh, Yaakov was running out, was wanted to leave the mother's womb. When she came by the uh, Avodah the idol worship, Esau was running over there. So, what, what do we see from this? We see from this that even in the womb, the mother's womb, way, way, way back, you know, already Esau was no good. You know, he was going for Avodah I mean, he was going, he was running around. And then when she asked, so she so says, I told her, she went to the base medrash of Shem and Eber. They told her, "There's two nations in your womb: Zela Olam Yematz, Olam Yematz. One nation will wrestle the other one, which means it'll be a battle between Esav and Yaakov." But as far as we are concerned, it seems like he started off, you know, on a bad side just to begin with. So. We'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, but what does that really all mean? How could somebody in the womb, how could somebody in the womb be bad? But that, let's. But there is there is a difficulty because it says in the Medrash and it also in the Yalkut Shemoni and also in the Zohar, they all say that there's a verse that says, Vayigdalu Hane'orim, the lads grew up. What does it mean, Vayigdalu, that they grew so the Yalkut says that they grew in spirituality, that they became, you know, on a level. It doesn't just mean physically, it means spiritually. And this applies to, to, to Esau as well, not only to Yaakov. It says Narim in the plural, both of them. And we know uh, that... Uh, the great people, Avram, Yitzchak, they're called the great. So here we say, Vayigdalu Hanarim. It says what happened was, is really, Esau had, that's what it seems from the Medrash, that Esau had a good start. Mm-hmm. But later on, he just, he left it. But it wasn't, 
it's not like he didn't, uh, you know, that he that he didn't grow. You know, he started off, and, and again, it's to be imagined in Yitzchak's house, they probably gave him a, an education for you know proper education. Then later on, when he grew up, he left it. He didn't want it. He became a Russia, but initially he was oh, that's why he don't know it. And and the Zohar actually says even more. Uh, he says that. Uh, that the zuchus of Abraham helped, uh, and he would educate them with mitzvahs to Yaakov and Esav. Uh, so all this points to that there was some good going on over there. So how do we reconcile that with that what we're saying, that even in the mother's womb, they were already wrestling to go out of Havadah Zorah if... And it says so clearly in the Zohar and in the Yalkut, it says that they were, they were growing up and they actually grew on a spiritual level. And, you know, there is a Talmud that says, another interesting thing, it says that when a child is in the mother's womb, every, every child, every Jewish child, when it's in the mother's womb, he's being taught the entire Torah. Everything of the Torah is taught to the mother womb. And then, before he's born, or as soon as he's born, a malach comes and gives him a, a flick on his mouth. Some people say that's why you have a little dent, a little dent, but whatever, and you forget all the Torah. Uh, so, well, if he just learned the whole Torah, <laughs> why should shame, you know, to forget everything you just learned, so the reason is because we want people to have choices if the Torah is going to be given to him while in the womb and he's going to be sort of directed to the Torah before he even has a chance to choose it so it's not going to be a freedom of choice, so therefore we have to make him forget it so why even give it in the first place? oh, good, okay, good point Good point. That, so why to teach him and then make him forget it? And okay. then if he's learning Torah in the womb, why was he gravitating to places that okay. were not Hold places? on one second. Great, good question. So, you know, all of us, you know, I say, if I could only remember what I learned, hmm. I'd be uh, on a whole different level. The problem is we all learn, and then we forget. I mean, <laughs> people who have photographic memories and people that have... Techniques, I don't know what they do, but the problem is a lot of times we figure things out and we learn things, and then you know we forget, and that's that's just the uh, human nature. And uh, some people have better memories, some have weaker memories, but it's a special gift. Hashem gives you a memory that you can remember, that's a tremendous gift. So, it's in there somewhere, it's however, oh, forever, forever. <laughs> if something that you have <laughs> learned before. Even if you forget it, yeah, somewhere it comes back to you. Yeah. So in other yeah. words, it's sort of, it helps you. It's not, it's not like totally new, even though sometimes you would totally forget about it, but it does come back it's to you. It's recognition. Recognition. Um, there. But the Rebbe wants to say, just like in the positive, we're saying that when he comes out, he didn't remember it. So maybe we're going to argue that Esau, even though in the mother's womb, instead of learning the Torah, somebody gave him over there uh, learning bad stuff or give him a desire to learn. 
But maybe he still had freedom of choice. Once he left his mother's womb, now he can do good. I mean, just like in the positive, it's in the negative. So maybe we can argue like that. But, but precisely for this point that we're just making, but it means that uh, there was some mark left over in Asa from the time that he was, even let's say that once he's out of the womb, he doesn't remember or he doesn't have that tendency anymore. But we were just talking about something remains. There is a mark remained of your previous, what you learned before. So there is a mark left from the fact that he was jumping to Avedah Zorah. So, uh, so how could we say, uh, and that, that was really, at the end of the day, that was actually, that was actually his challenge, is Jordan. But, uh, but the question is, what we need to really understand still, so how could we say that Esau really was included, he was part of the, he grew up when he really always had a little bit of that mark or whatever it is left over from what he was before. How do we reconcile them? It's a very interesting... Um, it is really strange. Yeah. But as you said, he also learned the Torah. I don't know. It's really strange. I'm not sure, by the way, I'm not sure that before Matan Torah at that time, they were learning the Torah yet. I mean, at that time, I mean, he was running to the base Medrash, he wanted to learn Torah. But this that we learned that everybody's taught the entire Torah, that may be at a later, that was developed yeah, after Matan Torah. Maybe it was there, but over there at that point, but really... Well, we tendency is in a womb. Yeah, no, and, and not only that, this whole idea, well, what does it really mean? How, how does, we're going to talk about it, what does it really mean, uh, a fetus, a baby, not born, why, why would Asa be given such a a bad shake, in other words, why, I mean, he didn't do anything, he didn't no. choose anything, he was just from the womb, why, why was he, it almost seems like, yeah. you know, he... He was targeted. Targeted, <laughs> yeah, but you see... You know, we see people with challenges, you know. We see a lot of the times, you know, some people seem to have it so easy. Everything mm-hmm. goes smooth. They get good grades. They uh, do well. They have a good job. They go and, you know, family, friends. health. Friends. Everything is fine and dandy. They got the right, their marriage is good. Everything is so good, or at least it looks, it like looks from the other side. Like it looks like the other people until yeah. you know, you know, until you find out, you it's know, really, really that, you know. Uh, my father, may he rest in peace, used to tell me, he says that um, one time there's a fellow asked the, 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 he says that the rabbi, no one, a simple guy would come in to him, you know, just an ordinary guy. He'd spend like five minutes to the rabbi and he'd leave. But if there was like a, an important, a wealthy, somebody done, he would get to spend like a half an hour with the Rebbe. So he once asked the, the Rebbe, he says, that's not fair. I mean, are you also uh, favoring the, the, the powerful, the, the, the worshiping the money, you know, because he has more money? Why do you give, you know, more time, more attention than you give to the ordinary person? So he says, look, let me tell you, it's very, very simple. He says, you know, the ordinary guy comes in, you know, he knows, comes to the Rebbe, he says, look, I have my problems, you know, I have children that I got to marry off, 
you know, I can't afford, I have, uh, my health is not as good as it, and I like, you know, he dishes it all out right away. He says, Rebbe, bless me, I need Hashem's help. You know what, I'm not whole, I have needs, and please help, ask Hashem to bless me that I get my needs. It's very easy. He says, but the wealthy guy walks in all arrogant, he owns the world. He doesn't need anything. He's on top. He's, you know, comes with an inflated ego with a bombastic, and he's, you know. The Rebbe says, it takes me a half an hour till we can really figure out that this guy is really in big, big trouble. (laughs) That takes a half an hour, he says. (laughs) He doesn't, it takes a long time to get to the car, you know, till we figure out. So, but anyways, but, okay, so let's let's understand I mean, Hashem has, we're going to see this, the Rebbe explains this, Hashem has his cheshben, his reasoning, and each one has their mission in life in the world. We don't, we can't figure out, you know, we don't know, we know a very, very little bit about, but if we think that it's not fair or something, we're judging. How do we know what fear is? Because we're judging right away. Every time we learn in life, you can see, you can never judge anybody. Not because... You're not supposed to judge because it says so in the in the ethics that you're not. Supposed. You can't judge because you actually don't know. <coughs> you really don't know, and you come to conclusions many times, and most of the times you're wrong, because you don't really know. And you think you think you know the whole, uh, you know the whole story. You don't know the whole story, and you don't know. And if you whatever you concluded is because you don't really know the whole story, and therefore judge everybody favorably, give everybody the benefit of the doubt. And don't judge. So we, we have to judge Hashem favorably too. Hashem has his uh, things the way he does. But in any event, uh, the other thing is, it says that they were fighting about uh, both worlds. It says, that says also that uh, uh, sages tell us that, um, that they were fighting about this world, about the world to come. So the Rebbe says that why were they fighting? Yaakov and Esav. Uh, Yaakov wanted the world to come. Esav wanted this world. So why did they have to fight? So let Yaakov take Olam Haba, and Esav takes Olam Hazer. So we have to say, no, no, no. That Esav also wanted Olam Haba. <laughs> and Yaakov wanted also Olam Hazer. So why? Okay, so Mele, Yaakov wants Elam Hazer, we can understand. He wants this world. But why would Esau want Elam Haba? I mean, what is there in Elam Haba? What is there going to eat? If he's a Russia, why would he why would be interested? So, uh, must be something more. I mean, what, what does this whole mean? That uh, Esau being a child of Yitzchak. Now, we have to understand our forefathers are referred to in the Kabbalah, as a Merkava. Merkava means a chariot. Mm-hmm. What does it mean when you say somebody's a chariot? A Merkava. A Merkava means like a chariot. They have a tank in Israel, which is called oh, the Merkava. Right. That's called, Merkava. it's a tank called the Merkava. So a Merkava means a chariot. What is the meaning of a chariot? When, when you want to describe someone who is totally subjugated to Hashem, that they are of no uh, 
independency at all. Totally subjugated. You say, Kabbalah calls them their Merkava. Well, what is the meaning of a chariot? You know, like there's various different levels of, of, of how to be subjugated. So like, for example, the horse that leads the wagon is also subjugated to the rider because the horse will go where the rider tells him. But the horse doesn't go automatically. Sometimes you got to give him a, a, a good zets. You know, you got to give him a He should go where he needs to go. He doesn't have an opinion, you know, but, you know, certainly, you know, your children, your spouse, they don't listen, right? Sometimes they need a little encouragement. So it doesn't work automatically. They're not subjugated. They don't do just like that. I mean, we do what Hashem's wills, you know. Sometimes we got to, we got to battle the Yitzhahara, we got to fight, we struggle, we have to figure it out. So it doesn't happen, it's not by itself. But then you have a Merkava. Merkava means a chariot. It's like the carriage. When the horse goes, the carriage just goes along. <laughs> the, the carriage doesn't need to uh, give an opinion, it doesn't have any choices. It just goes along, wherever you drag it, it goes. That's so when you want to demonstrate, you want to give a, a mashal, a example for the dedication and the devotion and selflessness of the forefathers, you say they were a Merkava. That means that they were of no consequence to themselves. They were just there for Hashem. So, if that was the high level of the Avos, it says, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Not, nobody else. Later on, you subjugate yourself. You do what Hashem wants, but it's not in the way of a Merkava. Merkava is unique to Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. So the question is, how could it be that the children, children had to be total kedusha? So, a child has the father. The father, the seed comes from the father, has the essence of the father. So, how could it be that naturally Yitzchak should go to Avodazara? It doesn't make sense. In other words. It doesn't, we, we know why Esau ended up being a Russia. That's not a, a, a problem, because people have freedom of choice. So people choose their destiny. And Esau chose, because whether he was in a bad environment, he had bad friends, as we know, a lot of things happen because you're uh, influenced by your surroundings, and uh, they were amongst the Kanani that they were there, and uh, he had uh, association with Nimrod, who was a rebellious, he got tainted, he got caught up, so that was, that we understand. He ruined, he 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 he, um, he fell for the other people, and they became a Russia. But those were things that he did, because he chose to, he made the bad choices. But, that didn't, that didn't come from Yitzchak, that came that uh, Esau did on his own. But, and we, it actually says, Yitzchak Yotza Mimenu Esau. Esau left him. He left Yitzchak. He didn't stay. He left. He, he, he went away from Yitzchak's home and he chose some other life himself. But here, we're not saying that. Here we're saying that inside the womb, which means even before he separated himself from Yitzchak or Rivka, he is already 
drawn to Avedah Zara. That's a whole different level. And uh, and that caused him eventually also later on not to be able to overcome. But how could we say that he should be drawn to that? So the Rebbe says like this, that um, um, everything that we have comes from our parents, comes from our forefathers. And we have to, where, where do we get the strength for doing good, for making up for mistakes? We all get it from our forefathers. Whatever happened to the forefathers, it's their DNA that sort of the passed on gave us the strength. And the Rambam writes that there are two types of lives that we can lead, lead, two types of service of Hashem. I'm not talking about good or bad, but within good, there's two types. There's one is considered to be the advantaged, the person who lives an advantaged life, a chosid meaning somebody who, to begin with, is only does good things, and he hasn't a struggle. He doesn't have to uh, fight for doing the right thing. He's just naturally an easy going. Then you have others, the Rambam says, that have to constantly fight and struggle. And, you know, you have desires for bad things and you conquer your Yetzirah. You don't allow your Yetzirah to uh, take you over. So, the question is, if the forefathers were such a high level that they only wanted the good, where do we get the strength? Where do they provide for their children that ability to be strong and to fight off all kinds of uh, distractions that come from the outside and from the inside? Where did they... Where did we get it from? We're, if they were only good, they have, to, they have to empower us. We have to get it from our forefathers somehow. Uh, especially when you consider not only temptation, but sometimes we do make mistakes. And when we make a mistake, we can do teshuva, we can repent. So, how do we associate, how do we attribute... Uh, something not good, uh, which you have to do tshuva for, where do we see it by the Father, something not good, and to make up, which is a whole process, but they were only good. So where where do they provide for that negative people that need to struggle? Where do they provide that power? Uh, Now, we know that they really didn't have any inner struggles. We have, you know, the struggles that we're talking about come basically from two two sides. Sometimes inside us, you know, we have our own our own uh, demons, as you say, our own struggles, our own weaknesses, our own struggles that we have inside. And sometimes, you know, they come from the outside. So the forefathers, on their inside, they didn't have any problem. They were full. But they did have distractions that came from the outside. And they needed to conquer those challenges from the outside. So 
they had two types of services also. One level was to go from one level to go up and higher level of Kedusha, like the Chosid Hama'ula, and then that they needed to overcome some outside distractions, and that gives the strength for those that have to struggle on the inside also, but it's a, a form of strength to overcome challenges. But it's not the same because uh, it's much difficult to overcome your own inclination, your own desire. It's a lot difficult than just uh, you know uh, not being influenced by the outside. So how do we come to that? So the Rebbe explains like this, that one of the explanations is uh, when you when you do conquer your inclination, what does that show when you get a test? And what does that show? That shows how much you love and you're connected to Hashem. That while you have burning desires to do things which are wrong, yet it won't stop you because you love Hashem so much, it brings out how strong you really are. Your challenge, your test, your difficulty actually brings out your real connection to Hashem, that notwithstanding how difficult it is, and yet you're going to stay connected to Hashem. So likewise, that is the strength that Abal Tshuva has. What is the strength? Yes, I failed. I made a mistake. I did something wrong. But yet, you have an inner connection with Hashem so strong so that you overcome that mistake, you regret it, and you go back to Hashem. So your love to Hashem is so strong that it can even pull you out from the mistake and to bring you back onto the right path. Sometimes all shuvas come to red blinking lights. They just mm-hmm. don't know what they don't know. You know, yeah. I'm talking about myself. You know, I, I didn't know things. I just was never taught them. Right. Okay. Absolutely. But here the Rebbe says, so what, what we're talking about over here is we're really talking about a very strong connection to Hashem. When that connection is so strong, nothing is going to be able to sever that or weaken that. Whether you made a mistake, whether you have challenges, whatever it is. So who, where do we have... Yes, we may not have... The forefathers didn't have those challenges, but they had that strength. They had that connection to Hashem so strong that being that they were always connected to Hashem, they were in the most powerful way connected. So therefore, they didn't have to have struggles on the inside, but yet they inherited, they gave us that sense of dedication that even when we common situation when there is inner struggles that that dedication that we inherited from them should help us overcome it. But, but that's saying, a gift that they got. That's, Esau yep. was struggling in the womb? 
But they didn't have inner struggles because oh, they were easy. completely connected to Hashem. But what they, the Rebbe's question before was, but they didn't have any struggles. How could they, how could they, uh, you know, there was once uh, a person uh, saying to the Rebbe, he says, Rebbe, he says, you know what? You're sitting in the room, it's full of books, and you're learning Torah the whole time, so it's easy for you to be connected to Hashem. But, you know, when you got to go out in the street and you got to do your work, it's a whole nother, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of temptation out there, there's a lot of distractions, there's a lot of things going on, it's not so easy. But, in a way, the Avos, the forefathers, the Rebbe, or whatever, they didn't have, they don't have some of the regular struggles that ordinary people, so you can say, what do you know about struggles? We have to struggle. You, you have it easy because you're a holy person. You're spiritual. But we are not spiritual. We have the challenges. But yet the forefathers had such a strong connection to Hashem and they gave it to their children based on the two services that we have to do. They gave it over that connection to those who just want to do good to be strong connected to Hashem. And then also they gave it over to those who have to struggle and overcome. And that is the descendants of Yitzchak, of Yaakov and Esau. Mm-hmm. Yaakov was a man who was studious. He would sit in the tents. He was the chassid. And Esau was a hunter, which means his job was to conquer his Yetzirah. And while in the mother's womb, he already was that child that was supposed to struggle. He, didn't, he wasn't bad at the time, but it just means that he had some challenges in front of him. You know, it's like, uh, you know, born with, with, with challenges, born with, you know, with uh, difficulty learning disabilities, growing up with other things that you have. He had, he was growing up with, some negative, negative based upon, but he did get the power from Avram to overcome. He wasn't bad at the time, but he was sort of the two directions for all the descendants that come from Yitzchak, the righteous, the perfect child, and also the non-perfect child. The both of them had that. The forefathers... Uh, there was no real, uh, nothing bad over there. They were just good. But the children, uh, they weren't bad, but they had a, inclination. an inclination. They had a pull. Uh, and this something is, 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 Hashem, we don't know what Hashem brings down, what Hashem really wants. Is Hashem really want perfect people? So you want the perfect, the A student? Or he wants the struggling student to turn around and do the best they can under their circumstances. That may be even a greater. So Asaph may have even been have an advantage. The fact that he has challenges if he would only overcome it uh, then he would actually been on a higher madrega, on a higher level, even than Yaakov. But he still had the choice. So he 
he didn't he didn't choose the right way. But he brought food for the family through his hunting. What? He brought food for the family through his hunting. He provided food, yeah. and he yeah, respected his attention. father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But you know, it's really not fair because you see students in school, you see that those are just the good kid who sits and does everything. And then the child who, who struggles and they have a lot of potential. But yeah. You've told us stories of kids that were wise guys and yeah. and they turned out to be uh, right. very committed Jews. Rabbi right. Akiva. So, anyways, just to uh, just sum it up, it's, it's getting late. So, just to sum it up over here is that um, the difference between the spiritual person, he's mostly not working with this world. He's all spiritual, he's davening, he's learning. But the one, the hunter, the one is out there, has to struggle with the world and turn things around, elevate things. Um, but the truth of the matter is, everybody needs to be a little bit involved in both. You can't just be totally separated. The one who is and Kolel, the one who's studying all the time and everything else, he also needs to take time away and work in this world because Hashem wants us to make this world a better place. And also the hunter, in order for his work to be proper in this world, he has to spend time studying so that then his, his, his work in this world will be proper. But the difference is that the the Chassid, the Mola, the greater, the, the greater, the Yaakov of them, he is. This world is because of the world to come. He uses this world in order to get to the higher level of the world to come. And by uh, the ace of the other Kovish uh, Yitzray, he is. Uh, he uses the Torah, so the Torah will guide him, so he should know how to. Uh, live in this world so that he should be able to sort out the world. So what is their goal? But everybody has to have both. So uh, that's why they were actually arguing because everybody wanted uh, uh, that. So but Rebbe says that therefore, this is not a contradiction we said before. Of course, Yitzchak trained them both of his kids. He made them both from Jews. He made them both bar mitzvahs. He made them both, he gave them an education. He sent them all to yeshiva. They all learned. Bris. Mm-hmm. Bris for sure, yeah. And he wanted him to... Now, they did that. And that's why Vayigdalu, they run, they all became... And even the fact that it says he was a hunter is not a negative. No. A hunter is... He worked with the world. He did finally. And that was his job. But... In the end of the day, Esau, you know, didn't didn't carry through. Uh, and the Rebbe brings this down further, but that's the, um, the Rebbe says the first thing is that one has to know is the way we have to do it is we have to first, you know, we both, you know, we have to do both things. But the first thing is we have to spend the time, you know, preparing ourselves, studying Torah, and getting ourselves ready, giving ourselves the tools, the energy, and that's what you see when you talk about the Chabad Shluchim. Mm-hmm. So first they go to yeshiva and they study and they learn to prepare themselves with the proper knowledge, with proper Torah. And then they go out in the field and like they do at the Esau, they go and they said. But the wonder and the surprise, the amazement is that all these shluchim go out into the world and the, but they go out on, unscathed. So, you know, you're going out of way, you don't have the support and you don't have 
the environment and you're all by yourself, how easy is it to just, you know, become like your surrounding, you know? And they once asked one of the other Hasidic masters, they said to him, how come you don't follow the lead of the Lubavitcher Rebbe and send out your Hasidim instead of sitting in Williamsburg and Borough Park? Why don't you send them away in the all corners of the world? He says, if I send my Hasidim away, I won't see them anymore back. You know, you get lost over there. He says, the Lubavitcher Rebbe has a power that he sends them and they bring me people. <laughs> he brings the Shamas, he brings the Shamas to me versus losing them to the other place. That's the, uh, that's the special blessing. So, Esav, Yedei Atzayid, Isari, it is not, we don't have to learn. That's what I said in the beginning. You read, oh, Esav was such a bad guy, right from the womb. He was so terrible. He was a Vedazar. No, 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 that's, that doesn't, you know, when you think about it, you say, it can't be. It doesn't really. What really happened here is that he was really uh, 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 at a high level in the beginning, and by Yigdalu, as it says. But, unfortunately, it didn't work out. But he had a, had a good chance, he had a good beginning. And, uh, you know, we should also take all of our energies that we have, and uh, especially, you know, coming now from this convention, you know, see, the Rebbe is effective. They said that with the first... Kinos, uh, 30, 40 years ago, there was like a handful, like 65 shluchim. I remember. And now, is, you know, you talk about 5,000 wow. shluchim. So, you know, so the Rebbe you know continues what, to do his work. Now,